told you so, I told you so, I told you so. I'm going to start out today's show with two, actually, I told you so's. Two things that I called, kind of. The first one is this uh, report from Breitbart. Former Republicans and Democrats team up with Andrew Yang to launch new forward third party. Called it, folks. Absolutely called it. I said that the Democrats were going to have to try to invent themselves as a moderate party again. They did it under LBJ, they did it under Clinton, and now they're having to do it again because they have drifted too far to the left to be palatable for your average American citizen. Now, I did, uh, I did predict that the first person that was going to cross deck was going to be Liz Cheney. And that may still be the case. This is this is a kind of I told you so. This is a uh, what could be referred to as a type of what I was talking about. Um, Andrew Yang has uh, created this party, uh, the Forward Party. Uh, I, I said it was going to be something along the lines of the New Democrat Party. It's, they're calling it the Forward Party. Um, and, again, well, let's just take a look really quick at, at what the article says here. Dozens of former Republican and Democrat officials have teamed up with Andrew Yang to join a third party, the Forward Party, which will launch on Thursday, according to a Reuters report. This, by the way, uh, uh, was uh, dateline is uh, 27th of July. The Forward Party announced, announcement comes one year after Yang announced his departure from the Democrat Party to develop a third party. Yang rose to prominence with his failed 2020 presidential run as a Democrat, where he promoted universal basic income. First off, that's exactly the kind of thing that is uh, stigmatizing the Democrat Party. Okay? They're being roundly rejected for having moved way too far to the left. And, like I said, they're going to have to reinvent themselves. They're going to have to call themselves something new, but they're not going to change their core beliefs. They're going to have to moderate their views publicly. This article does not indicate that Andrew Yang is continuing his push for universal basic income, which is soundly... I mean that's one of the one of the bedrock principles of socialism. Um, because again, they're going to have to moderate. So uh, I don't know if he's continuing his his push for this kind of thing or whatever. Um, however, uh, let's go down here. It says the merger involves the Renew America movement formed by in 2021 by dozens of former officials in the Republican administrations of Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump. Uh, 2021, calling it the Renew America movement. It sounds oddly like the Make America Great movement, but... It's not really that. So what they're doing is they're, they're taking the concept and, and putting a new name on it so that they can sound like the really cool guy on the block that's getting all the attention. They want to sound like Donald Trump, uh, but not be Donald Trump. So these are a bunch of rhinos. As I explained before, it's going to be rhinos, and it's going to be quote-unquote moderate mainstream Democrats who are going to form this new party. Um, 
and and that's that's what I expected. Now, one of the things in this particular article is that I didn't really recognize, other than Andrew Yang, I didn't recognize any major players, any legitimate major players in the DC makeup. Now, I thought, but but then again, you know, you've got to think, in, in the current Democrat Party, that's one of the problems, is that there aren't any major D.C. players left. Who are your big names? Pete Buttigieg, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Newsom. These are, you know, your top players in the Democrat Party right now. These are the people with big name recognition that are fresh, uh, you know, young blood type. The only problem with the other young bloods, like you've got your AOCs, uh, the, the whole squad outfit and stuff like that, is they're the ones that have moved radically far left or have, have moved the party radically far left. They're the problem. They're the ones that are going to have to uh, be the scapegoats for the reason that the Democrats have to reinvent themselves. And, and believe me, when they get the chance, these moderate Democrats, so-called moderate Democrats, uh, are, are going to blame the squad. They're, the, the squad's going to be the scapegoat. Um, but with this particular situation... With this particular situation, it adds a new a new feature here because Andrew Yang is one of those young Democrats who is basically a communist at heart. He's like the squad members. So this is interesting. A couple of ways this could play out. Um, because you don't have any major players in this outfit, because at this point these rhinos that are involving themselves with this outfit, uh, they are trying to paint a picture of a, a, a moderate Democrat alternative to Trump. Make no mistake, Trump and the American people who support him uh, are the are the enemy to these folks. They're the real enemy. This is uh, a new iteration, a new play to attempt to maintain some kind of foil to the Trump nationalist populist movement, the uh, ultra-maga movement, as we have most recently been labeled. So, one way that this could play out is that this could be that new iteration that I was talking about. Uh, and you could have, if this gains in any amount of popularity, especially with the media then you're going to see the more mainstream Democrats move in that direction. You're going to see some of the more uh, viable, for lack of a better term, rhinos like Liz Cheney and maybe even that worthless sack of crap Adam Kinzinger move in that direction. Another possibility is that the squad types could glom on to this because Andrew Yang is involved. And then this particular movement could be the scapegoat that the Democrats use to moderate themselves and reinvent themselves. So they won't even have to call themselves a new name. They can just say, well, we're not like those 
psychos in that new party. That's a little bit harder to... that. That's a little bit less of a possibility with the rhinos involved. The rhinos aren't going to want to go along with the the radical leftist type movement. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see which this, you know, which way this this flows. Pardon my glasses, but this is what happens when you cross the line of well, actually, this is what happens when you cross the line of, like, 45, but definitely when you cross the line of 50. All right. Let's take a look. Although the party was not outli- has not outlined any specific policies... Oh, there you go. There you go. They have not outlined any specific policies yet. There's a reason for that, folks. They have to appear innocuous, just like Democrats will not define the terms that they use in their arguments because they need their terms to mean anything they mean they need them to mean at any given moment. Again, like they won't define the term racist. I've never yet met a Democrat who will define the term racist or racism. Um, uh, what's his name? Michael Knowles, I think it was. Uh, who had the the thing about uh, what is a woman? They won't define that term. As most recently, we have seen that they will not settle on a definition of the term for recession because they don't want the negative stigma of that term. Democrats will not define themselves. They cannot define themselves because if they do, the jig is up. What they want to accomplish is open to everybody. They cannot have that. They cannot have that because they can't survive politically in the United States in that way. It just won't play. So they haven't defined any specific policies yet. Its founding members say they plan to host a series of events in 24 U.S. cities, 24, make no mistake, there is, that's, that's not a, uh, uh, that's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. This, this could not have come at a better time, actually. 24 U.S. cities this fall. 24 cities, 2024, hmm, one wonders. In addition, the party's first convention will take place in summer, of 2023 in a major U.S. city, Reuters reports. As we're going to see a little bit later, uh, that's kind of doubtful because they're already kind of in trouble, uh, financially speaking. The forward party hopes to, quote, reinvigorate a fair, flourishing economy, and quote. Note the term fair comes first. Okay, what they mean by fair, and this is where the socialism, the communism comes in. Fair means they want equity. Equity meaning equality of outcome. There is no such thing, by the way. Equality of outcome cannot occur without theft and socialism slash communism slash progressivism slash whatever euphemism you want to apply to the concept of collectivist redistribution is at its core based on envy and theft and in the extreme measures mass murder because that's what they have to do in order to achieve the outcomes they want to achieve. So, fair flourishing economy and to, quote, give Americans more choices in elections, more confidence in a government that works 
and more say in our future, end quote. That is just a bunch of word salad meant to sound good using a bunch, stringing together a bunch of words that sound really good but mean absolutely nothing. Note, the paragraph starts out, they have not outlined any specific policies yet, but they want to give Americans more choices in elections, more confidence in government that works, and more say in our future. This is how they operate, folks. They say all of these amazing things that they want to accomplish, all of these wonderful things that they want to do, and always in very general terms, nothing specific. Because if they use specifics, again, like their definitions, then they can be nailed down. And it can be pointed out when they are deviating from their plan, and it can be pointed out when they're failing. And it can be pointed out when they're hypocritical. So, no specific policies, but we want to do all these amazing and wonderful things. This is, a again, like I said, this was going to be, this is a repackaging of the same old bologna sausage. Same old thing. Different name, same game. Miles Taylor, a forward party founding member and former Trump-era Department of Homeland Security official, probably something along the lines of, you know, the undersecretary to the assistant secretary of the assistant manager of the blockbuster at Homeland Security. This is nobody I've ever heard of. Forgive me if I'm not completely up to date with every... apparatchik in in the Washington scene. The people in Washington, the vast majority of people in Washington, and I'm talking like 98 some odd percent of these people are, in my opinion, other than the people in Hollywood, the most useless, worthless human beings on the face of the planet. So I'm not going to know every little detail about every little person, and I certainly have never heard of this Miles Taylor. Uh, anyway, he told Reuters the party's intent is to give voters, quote, a viable, credible national third party, end quote. How many times have we heard that? How many times have we heard that, Larry? Can I talk? Can I talk, Larry? How many times? The good news is that this time, if these guys manage to make it off the ground, and again, at the end of this article, financially speaking, it doesn't sound like they are. Um, but if these guys do manage to make it off the ground, if they do manage to get on the ticket, uh, especially if they manage to get on the ticket in New York and California. That's it for the Democrats. They are done. They are done. It is going to split that ticket like nobody's business, and I am going to laugh. The fundamentals have changed when other third-party movements have emerged in the past. It's largely been inside a system where the American people aren't asking for an alternative. The difference here is we are seeking an historic... Oh, he used the an historic number of Americans saying they want one. How, how very erudite and educated and pretentious this monster farter uh, sounds. Ah, uh, God. I, uh, anyway, using the an historic difference. That, by the way, comes from the uh, Norman uh, English, when uh, for over 300 years the uh, official language of the ruling party in England was French. And uh, in French... H's at the beginning of words are not pronounced. So, uh, like history, the word for history in French is histoire. And so you would put an an in front of it instead of, because it sounds like a vowel at the beginning. 
That's why, that's where that comes from. It is not a necessity in English. Although I must admit, because of my linguistic studies background, I do sometimes slip into that myself. So I'm not going to give this guy too much trouble, but because he is a worthless, useless DC apparatchik, yeah, I'm going to give him some trouble. Anyway, excuse me. Ah, time for a little sip of soda water. This is, by the way, Kirkland's soda water. Not too bad. Yang, finally we're talking to somebody who uh, has some kind of credibility, told Reuters the party's initial budget will be $5 million, which ain't much, with donors lined up and, quote, hundreds of thousands, end quote, of grassroots num members due to the merger between the three groups. And this is why... This is why I think there might be something here. If this is not successful, if this doesn't get off the ground, it's still kind of, it validates the point that I was making, but that's not my point. If this doesn't get off the ground, something will. He is, he's, he's wrong in the fact that grassroots members want this. He's wrong in the fact that Americans want this, at least the way he's saying. They don't want this kind of party, okay? Americans, massively, huge majority of Americans, have shown that they do want a new party. And that party is the MAGA Republican Party, okay? Americans want to go back to the Constitution as it was written, as it was founded. That's what Americans want. They don't want this socialist BS repackaged. There may be some, like Democrats out there. Maybe he's referring to the uh, people that the, Demo the current Democrat Party has managed to alienate, which are all of their base. Hispanics are leaving, blacks are leaving, white working class, non-college educated are leaving. So yeah, in that case, but again, the party that these people want is the MAGA party because that's the party they're moving to. Okay. Here's where the problem comes in for the forward party. Andrew Yang states, We are starting in a very strong financial position. Not if your target budget is $5 million. Financial support will not be a problem, Yang said. Okay. Next. However... The Federal Elections Commission recently pressed Yang's 2020 presidential committee for more answers about its finances. Quote, Your report discloses a negative ending cash balance of $190,861.62, a June letter to the Yang campaign said. Quote, This suggests that you have overdrawn your account made a mathematical error, or incurred a debt, end quote. I don't know how federal elections laws go. I don't know how they work. Um, but it also sounds like a possibility that Yang is just starting this group out to get enough campaign funds to cover his debt from the 2020 run that he made. And honestly, 190, 191 grand, that's not bad. That's not bad. He could cover that pretty easy. Um, but that may be his, his aim. He may just be doing this as a political stunt to cover his 
the gain, uh, the, the losses that he had from 2020. So, but it is something to keep an eye on because, again, I, I did say that the Democrats were going to try to re- reinvent themselves they were in order to get new blood in because they need it desperately. Uh, they're going to try to pull the rhinos in. And as we can see, there, there are some rhinos that are willing to move over to this kind of thing. Um, some establishment rhinos. So this may be a microcosm type of what I was talking about and what may happen in the macrocosm. I don't know if the forward party is going to turn into anything. This might be a little flash in the pan. They might, with a budget of $5 million, I don't know. Because, again, there isn't a lot of call for this. There never has been a lot of call for a third party. Third parties in the United States won't work. They can't work just by the way the system is structured. Uh, not in any, any major way anyway, but if they can get a foothold in California, which I think is where they're starting out right now, if they can get a solid foothold in California, and if they can get a foothold in New York, that's, I mean, as, as if the Democrats weren't doomed enough already in the 2024 elections, this will hurt them. However, again, this could be a little flash in the pan. It could be a political stunt by Yang. Like I said, I haven't heard of any of the other names in here except for Yang, so we'll see. Uh, Maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. Don't know. The next I told you so, and this really isn't an I told you so for me, uh, as much as it is from a, uh, a Russian political scientist who back in the 90s, I believe it was, uh, and I can't even remember this guy's name. This was so long ago that uh, I, I just remember. This is how long ago it was. I remember reading the article in the newspaper, in the Dallas Morning News, back in the early 90s. Excuse me, rubbing my nose again, the, the allergies in North Texas are just so fun. All right, <laughs> but this is hilarious. Anyway, to, to set the background, this uh, political scientist, uh, Russian political scientist, made the prediction that the United States was going to balkanize, he said along racial lines. Um, again, that he, he's not... He's not wrong that it balkanized. He's wrong how it balkanized. Um, But that's neither here nor there. His concept was correct. And that uh, the Northeast, like New England, and the Pacific Northwest were going to be absorbed into Canada while California was going to be absorbed into Mexico. It might kind of be a little bit different. Here we have this news article from what Grant Shala News. I don't know where this is, but anyway, here we go. Californians and other Americans are flooding Mexico City. Some locals want them to go home. The irony here is just staggering. It's staggering. But but here we go. Dateline Mexico City. Fernando Bustos Gorospe was sitting here with friends in a cafe when he realized that once again their numbers were too many. We're only brown people, said Bustos, 38, author and university professor. So that explains why he's thinking along racial lines, because he's stupid. We are Spanish-speaking people, except for the waiters. Mexico has long been a top foreign travel destination for Americans, with its plentiful beaches and picturesque pueblos. Oh, I love the alliteration. 
attracting millions of American visitors annually, but in recent years, increasing numbers of tourists and remote workers from Brooklyn, New York, Silicon Valley, and points in between, I would not imagine too many points in between, have flooded the nation's capital and left behind the smell of new wave imperialism. Ooh, what's really funny is we did this to them in California. We did this to them in Texas. <laughs> and now it's liberals doing it to them in Mexico City. The influx, which I love this, <laughs> the influx. So it's not so much that California will be absorbed into Mexico, but that Mexico will be in, in <laughs> will be absorbed into California. Holy crap, this is hilarious. I love it. Ah, they're like locust. <laughs> the influx, which has intensified since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic and is likely to continue as inflation rises. See, they can't stand. And, and we're going to get into this later, too, in another segment. They cannot stand the consequences of their policies. They can't stand the consequences of their feel-good policies. Oh yeah, me, they mean well, but that's all it is. It's all surface stuff, just like everything about them is, is skin deep. Just like everything about them is no deeper than the color of their skin. The same with their political objectives. It's just surface stuff. They talk a good game, but when it comes to absolutely doing, when it comes to implementing what they want to do, their policies that they say they want to do, and again, it's egalitarian. They, they want equality of outcome, and in order to do that, they have to force it on people. They have to steal from people, and in many cases, kill people, to get done what they want to get done. And whenever the crunch occurs for the, for the average liberal, they flee because they don't want, and this is something that is universal among liberals, they do not want to live with the consequences of their actions, nor do they even want to admit them. Instead of admitting failure, they run away and they try it again. This is why when you talk to anybody who espouses communism or socialism, they will tell you when you point out all of the historic failures that real socialism or communism hasn't been tried yet. Okay, so that's, that's why they're doing what they're doing. That's what's behind all of this. They're, they are trying to escape the consequences of their actions because they are now affecting them personally and wherever they move they will attempt to implement them again whenever they gain um, some level of influence wherever they are. Americans can stay in Mexico for up to six months without a visa for a long time. One said that Mexico City reminds me of being friendlier more than Brooklyn. Well, you think? Any place is more friendly than Brooklyn. Jeez. In leafy, walkable quarters such as Roma, Condesa, Centro, and Juarez, Rents are rising as Americans and other foreigners break into homes and landlords trade long-term renters for travelers willing to pay more on Airbnb, Tancaria, Corner Store, and Fund. The small family-run lunch spot is being replaced by Pilates Studios, co-working spaces, and flashy cafes advertising oat milk latte, and avocado toast. I freaking love this. I love this. And English. 
Well, it's everywhere, ringing in supermarkets, natural wine bars, and fitness classes in the park. Don't get me wrong. I have no problem with people being comfortable and people doing things that they're comfortable with, nor do I have a problem with the market uh, changing itself to fit the needs of the people. Okay, and that's what's happening here. What cracks me up is these are the very same people, the people who are, for lack of a better term, gentrifying this area, are the same people who talk about how they, how much they love the, the uh, local uh, Hispanic Mexican flavor, the culture, and stuff like that. But these locusts come in and they ch- they force their system on the culture that they claim to love. Instead of embracing the culture that they claim to love, you know, the indigenous peoples and whatnot, they bring their own stuff. Now, I don't mind you bringing your own stuff. And again, I don't mind the market changing itself to fit what makes money. That's the way the world works. That's reality. Socialism, communism, that's not reality. That's trying to force a... Uh, uh, force a mindset, uh, an artificial mindset, onto a natural system. But the, the just the irony of this story, I just love it. At Lardo, a Mediterranean restaurant where on any given night three-quarters of the tables are full of foreigners... And and see, now, now they're ticked off at legal immigration, okay? We're coming down there. They're sending all of their trash up into the United States, and, and they're pissed off that our people are moving down there. It's, I love it. This is, this is wonderful. There's, there's, there's an irony, there's a justice about this that is just so sweet. Three quarters of the tables are full of foreigners, a Mexican man recently took a seat at the bar in a well-cut suit with English language menus in front of him, saw, and sighing, he handed it back to her, a menu in Spanish, please. <sighs> oh, yeah. Recently, posters with abusive words appeared around the city. New to the city, working remotely, they read in English, you are far from the plague, and the locals hate you. Vacation. And this, I'm assuming, is written by a Spanish speaker who doesn't really understand English that well. But And, and this is funny, because if if white people... I'm not even going to say white people. If Americans say anything bad about the illegal immigrants in the United States coming from Mexico, South America, and other places, points further east, if Americans say anything about that, if Amer- especially if they put up signs or anything, they're racist, they're Nazis, they're evil, but it's okay here. If, if, if Mexicans do it about us. Please know, read one of the kind of answers, the city is getting more and more expensive every day because of people like you, and you don't even realize or care. Well, that part's true. Hugo von der Merwe, 31, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, but I don't care. A video game designer, really don't care, who grew up in Florida and Nambia and has spent the past several months working away from Mexico City, Montreal, and Bogota, Colombia, said he understands that local people, 
uh, why bother with, this is really poorly written, why bother with the growing population of the digital nomads? There's a difference between people who want to know about the place, they are in, and those, uh, okay, again, really, really poorly written. There's a difference between people who want to know about the place they are in, comma, and those who like it because it's cheap, he said. I've met a lot of people who don't really care if they're in Mexico. They just care that it's cheap. Well, yeah. Welcome to the market. You're a video game designer, okay? You want as many people as possible to play your video games. That's not going to happen if they are exorbitantly priced. So you have to price your video games such that a large portion of people can afford them while at the same time making a profit. The same thing is happening here. Welcome to the market, Silicon Valley. Clear financial incentives are drawing Americans to Mexico City, where an average local salary is $450 a month. For the cost of $2,000, a bedroom in Koreatown, Angelinos can rent a penthouse here. Angelinos being people from Los Angeles. Despite rising tensions, Mexico City is not Paris, where an, uh, where an American stumbling upon a Frenchman in uh, Boulanger will get a dose of animosity with his croissant. That's true. This Berlin or Barcelona, where locals have, again, come on, commas, people, this, Berlin or Barcelona, where locals have held massive protests in recent years over excessive tourism and the grabbing of urban properties by global investment firms. Most people in this crowded, colorful metropolis are unwaveringly kind and patient to international visitors who, according to tourism records, spend $851 million on hotels in the first four months of this year alone. So it's good for the economy. It just irks the locals that it's affecting the local flavor. Welcome to tourism, folks. This is the same everywhere you go. Any tourist city you go into, there's going to be the places where the tourists go, and then you're going to have your local hangouts. Uh, there's this one uh, place like Occasionally, we like to go to Destin in Florida. And there's this one place that is, it, it does both. It's like uh, during the day, it's a tourist place. But in the evening, it becomes a locals hangout. And it's just the way it is. It's the flavor of, of tourism. That's the way it works. So suck it up, buttercup. But there is friction beneath the surface again. That's normal, as more locals consider what gentrification, there's the word, means. Gentrification means for the city's economics, culture, and even race relations. Forget race relations. There is no such thing as race. There are different cultures, certainly. There's different colored skin. But those things are surface issues. There is no such thing as race. Oh, this, is, this is a pet peeve of mine. God made man from one man and one woman. The whole human race stems from one man and one woman. This can actually be proved via genetics, by the way. So we're all related. There's no such thing as race. It doesn't exist. Okay? Again, from a biblical standpoint, Genesis... We were made from, we all stemmed from one man, Adam. And Acts chapter 17, I want to say around verse 26, it talks about how we were all from one blood. 
and it is God who decides the boundaries of the nations. But we're all human beings. The color of your skin means nothing. And speaking from personal experience as a surgical nurse, I've seen the insides of all of you. Regardless of what color your skin is, the insides look exactly the same, barring some genetic mutations here and there. And certain life choices when it comes to livers. You all look the same on the inside. It's scientific fact. We're all humans. Deal with it. Uh, da, 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 da. But culturally, yes, I see what they're saying. And it is going to affect the culture. If you've got a friendly, inviting culture with amazing food, you're going to have people come by and check you out. It's going to happen. It's going to drive prices up for the locals, but it's also going to drive income up for the locals, assuming the government is straight, which is a big assumption when it comes to Mexico. Otherwise, the government's just going to take all the money, which is likely what's going to happen in Mexico. Our home, the event flyers read, now home to digital nomads. Oh, digital nomads. Welcome to life. The dynamic here is in many ways an old world problem colliding with techno-era dynamics, forcing Mexico to confront its own history and traits. There's another thing that this is going to do, by the way. There's another consequence that this is going to have that so far this article has not touched on. It is going to start to force out the cartels. Because the government is going to rather have peaceful digital nomads with money bringing income in than warlike cartels. So it's going to force the cartels underground. It's going to force them to behave and moderate their behavior. They might kick back. There might be a lot of kickback. You never know. The cartels could decide, hey, we want to keep this down, or they may have already decided peace is good for business, which, you know, the mafia decided a long time ago. The cartels could be on their way out the same way that the mafia ate itself from the inside. It happens. It's a generational thing. You know, every three generations will destroy a culture and then cause a resurgence of some kind, but not typically in the case of organized crime. The mafia really has never recovered from, uh, from the 80s. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, we already said that. Following his revelation at the cafe, Bustos uploaded a video to his popular TikTok account. <laughs> and he's complaining about the digital era, yet here he is using TikTok. The, 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 it's, you, can't, you can't make this up. Complaining that the influx of foreigners into Mexico City stems of modern colonialism. <laughs> Well, he's probably wearing Nikes, and he's probably using an iPhone to, to upload this to take. This is just, I love this. I love this. Nearly 2,000 people posted comments in agreement. Of course they did. His criticism is multi-layered and speaks to generations of injustice. Life is not fair. Life is not fair, first of all. But it is not injustice when the market works. That's not injustice. That is about as just as you can get. And like I said, while these people are bitching and complaining about the influx of these foreigners, 
they're also making really good livings off of it. So, modern colonialism, my ass. Problem is newcomer with uh, of newcomers is how their actions are affecting the local people, he said. But also, well, specifics. He also, uh, he said, but also the fact that Mexicans may not move to the U.S. with at, at the same rate. Are you kidding me? Or with the same ease? No, 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 no. They can come across with the same ease legally. And believe me, they're coming across with even more ease than this, Jack, by the millions. We're getting invaded. At least these folks from Silicon Valley and Brooklyn are coming in legally. The hypocrisy is astounding. He also believes that Americans, many of whom are white, God forbid, are reinforcing the city-wide, are, are, are reinforcing the city-wide, if at times discussed, caste system. Again, welcome to economics. But he may have a bit more of a point here, because typically in third world countries, like Mexico, caste systems are enforced and reinforced for tourism. So he may actually have a point there. Uh, this is just beautiful. Indigenous Mexicans. Okay, there's another thing. I'm not going to go there. We're all indigenous to the world. I like to point out, let's go back to the 80s classic, um, uh, Crocodile Dundee, when the New York reporter asked the Australian who lives in the outback, what he thought about the Aborigines' claims to the land. And he said, it's kind of like fleas arguing over who owns the dog. That's basically what it is. That's exactly what it is. Mexico is classist and racist, because racist is just, absolutely... Bustos said, preference is given to people with fair skin. Now, if a local wants to go to a restaurant or club, they have to compete not only with rich white Mexicans, but also with foreign... See, it's everywhere, folks. It's everywhere. They complain about racism all over the place. 3,000 square miles of greater Mexico City is surrounded by mountains and is home to 21 million people. Most Americans stick to a few neighborhoods in the center, some of which are previously gentrified by Mexicans. Then what's the problem? After the 1985 earthquake wreaked havoc in the city and its surrounding areas, middle-class residents fled in the hundreds of thousands to areas within the city's periphery they believed to be safe. Again, makes sense. In Roma... And Condesa, artists lured by cheap rent, turned the area into creative, a creative and intellectual hub. What's the problem? This is life, folks. This is reality. This is normal, okay? This is zero difference. There is zero difference between this and how the American Indians used to follow the herds of buffalo around. And when they ran into competing tribes, tribes that were locals that didn't move around, maybe agrarian tribes, guess what? They ended up moving them out in some cases or intermarrying with them, etc. That's normal. That's life. People move around. Get used to it. This is insane, this concept of indigenous peoples. Guess what? White people are indigenous to the earth, too. All right? Black people are indigenous to the earth. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. We're human. We're indigenous to the earth. Now, if you're talking about changes in culture, etc., and you don't like that and it makes you uncomfortable, okay, As Rush Limbaugh used to say, though, life moves on. 
Times change. People change. What happened to the buggy whip industry? Doesn't exist anymore because it's not necessary. It's not needed. All right, this kind of thing is going to change. And 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 here's the part that really gets me. These are the same monster truckers who are complaining about the fact that all the money that the United States is rich. And they're saying, oh, it's rich because the color of people's skin. No, it's rich because we're capitalist. Or at least we used to be. It's rich because we allow the market to work, for the most part. And we will again. That's what made us rich. But with wealth comes change. We don't have to go to the outhouse anymore. We don't have to get our water from a well out of a bucket. We don't have to pump our water into a bucket anymore. This is normal. Welcome to the real world. International artists, chefs, and designers arrived discovered affordable studio locations, opened restaurants, and integrated themselves into the city's imaginative nightlife. There's nothing wrong with this. The pandemic pushed it into overdrive as Europe and Asia closed their doors to Americans in 2020. Mexico, which adopted some COVID-19 restrictions, was one of the few places where gringo was welcome. And again... Just want to point this out to all of you COVID lockdowners and mask wearers who haven't noticed that you're not surrounded by a bunch of non-mask wearing corpses because COVID-19 is a fraud. However, all of the states like Florida who refused to adopt COVID restrictions or who adopted limited COVID restrictions like Texas, which never should have happened, Governor Abbott, had flourishing economies, which should tell you what the real purpose of all of the COVID lockdownerism was. Taking it easy, Americans can stay here for as long as six months without a visa or MasterCard. The State Department says 1.6 million U.S. citizens live in Mexico, although it is not known how many live in the capital. Mexican census data only tracks foreigners who have applied for residency, and most remote workers do not. Gosh, that sounds kind of familiar. But the anecdotal evidence is compelling. In the first four months of the year, 1.2 million foreigners arrived at Mexico City's airport. Alexandra Demo, who runs the relocation company Welcome Home Mexico, said it gets 50 calls a week from people considering a move. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mexico City is beautiful, okay? I've never been there. It's one of the places I wouldn't mind visiting. Uh, and Mexicans are wonderful people. I love them. They are so friendly. They are so kind. They are so wonderful. And by the way, this made a point of, hit, you know, knocking on Germans and stuff like that. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, Germans are very friendly people. French, not so much. The French, you go to Paris, you're going to get attitude if you speak English. That's a fact. In Germany, very friendly people. And I don't know about their feelings on Americans in general. I, I believe them to be fairly friendly to Americans in general, but I know they love Texans. But hey, who doesn't? I mean, come on. We're just seeing Americans flooding in, she said. It's people who probably have a business of their own, or maybe they're looking to start some consulting or freelance work. They don't even know how long they're going to be around. They're going to be there for, a, for the whole of their lives and just going down here. There is a lot to love about Mexico City. Probably true. Again, love Mexicans. Wonderful people. Wonderful. 
wonderful people, salt-of-the-earth type people, and the food? Come on. The wide tree-lined boulevard calls to mind Europe's capitals and is closed uh, close to bars and full of cyclists every Sunday. This sounds great. I'd love to run there, you know, just do a, like a run. Uh, a highlight of architecture, sure. Art Nouveau, Art Deco, modernists stitched together in artistic ways. See, on, on one part of this, they're talking about how terrible it is that, that all of these tourists are coming in from the United States. And given the places from the United States they're coming, I can understand. They wouldn't have this problem if a lot of the people were coming down were from Texas uh, or, or other places in the Midwest. Uh, but, you know, coming from Los Angeles and New York City, yeah, you're going to have, they're going to be a bunch of arrogant assholes. But still, they're talking about how they're, they're griping about the influx, and now they're selling the reasons that the people are coming there. Yeah, people are going to come to a wonderful place like this. Okay? And I, here's what I, and the food is fantastic. Yes, it is. Street vendors sell spit-grilled al pastor pork tacos, delicate quesadillas, stuffed with squash blossoms, and oh my gosh, I'm getting hungry now, and stewed corn topped with mayonnaise and lime, sometimes all at the same block, I'm, I'm telling you, oh, the food, amazing, I'm a foodie, I love food. Sarah Lupton, 35-year-old from North Carolina. North Carolina, great people, wonderful people. Loved North Carolina. When I was stationed up there, it was fantastic. Who came to Mexico City last year as soon as she got her second COVID-19 vaccine, said she fell in love with the romantic yet gritty beauty. That's a good way to describe it, actually. That's a fantastic way to describe it. She sold her video production company and moved here with her Shih Tzu. Ugh, okay, never mind. In January, so she's one of them. Now she is learning Spanish, applying for residency, and exploring a new path as a life and career coach. Ugh, okay, it's a good thing she left North Carolina. There's a reason she left there, because she didn't bloody belong. I came to a new set of possibilities for how I experience my life and what I get to build into it. And again, this is great. Starting over, starting, that's part of life. That's a great part of life. You can start over every day, every, every minute, every second is a chance to do something different, to change your life. And, and there's nothing wrong with this, despite the fact that she has a Shih Tzu and she's a life coach. <laughs> I think <laughs> doc that is just so wrong. I think this city has everything you need to create a life of creativity, correctedness, adventure and sustainability. God, I hate that word sustainability. Okay. This is where she gets it wrong though. Uh, well, no, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I don't know her enough to say that. Lauren Rodwell, 40, also passed away in January last year after spending several months here. Uh, I don't know why that belongs in this. A marketer with a remote technical job was tired of living in San Francisco. Wonder why. Where every conversation started with, what do you do? No, it was started with, uh, you know, what's the cleanest route without poop to get to work? I love living in such vibrant cities. You know, San Francisco used to be a vibrant city. Los Angeles used to be a vibrant city. Brooklyn used to be vibrant. New York City used to be vibrant. You know what happened to it? Liberals happened to it. They voted for stupid policies that increased crime, homelessness, filth in the streets, and that's why people are leaving there. Again, to avoid the consequences of their voting. <sighs> and this is the part where I'm, I'm completely with the locals. Now, the good news is, 
for the locals. Even if the folks apply for residency down there, it is my understanding that under current Mexico immigration law, they will not be able to vote, which is good. Because, again, you do have to be able to protect your culture to a certain extent. And so it's good that these people can't vote in the same kind of garbage that they voted in in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York City. That's a good thing. For the locals, anyway. Well, for anybody down there, I would say. I love living in such vibrant cities where there are many cultures that get along well. Well, I think the point of this article is that they're not getting along well, but other than that... Where there is good food, yes, good energy, yes, dance, absolutely, and art. She's so right, she said. It reminds me of being friendlier, more clean in Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn would be friendly and clean if it weren't for well, the fact that New Yorkers live there. <laughs> I kid, just a little, not really. Anyway... Those are the two kind, kind of I told you so's uh, that I hit on the first more than the last because it was the last one. It wasn't I who told you so. It was uh, actually that unnamed Russian political scientist that I read about in the Dallas Morning News back in 1992 or something like that. Anyway, so there you go. Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Bathfitter. 